You're listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many brave yes leaps that heart-centered, passionate women can make in order to show up in this world more fully as you, without apology. I'm your host, Sean Fink, a coach for rising women leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs who are ready to lead with authenticity and courage. Whether it's changing jobs or trying a new industry, starting a business or writing a book or creating a new offering or program for your business, scary slash exciting changes are hard to do alone. I am here to guide you through choosing and experiencing the spiritual and the strategic parts of the emotional roller coaster that happens when you choose to do something scary and life-giving otherwise known as the Brave Yes. This episode is brought to you by the Brave Yes newsletter, a free weekly email to inspire your own Brave Yes journey. The newsletter, along with this podcast, are designed to inspire your own creativity and courage to living, creating, and leading life your way. When you sign up, you'll instantly receive my 10 Brave Yes Living Tips to start putting into action in your own life and journey. A link to subscribe will be in the show notes or head over to seanfink.com. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is Nicole Lewis-Kieber. Nicole is a business therapist and mindset coach who works with entrepreneurs to create and nurture healthy relationships with their businesses. She's a licensed clinical social worker with a master's in social work and has a rich and varied experience as a therapist. She writes and speaks about the impact of small T trauma on businesses, but her biggest, most important work is in combining therapeutic processes with business coaching to help entrepreneurs build emotionally sustainable and financially stable businesses. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I'd love to start out this podcast with a very special question, given the state of the world. And I'm channeling the great mystic Howard Thurman when I ask this question. How is it with your soul? How is it with my soul? <clears throat> my soul's a little scratchy right now. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize if I have to clear my throat for you all. Um, and that feels true that... Um, Myself a little scratchy in that, uh, you know, I feel like that we're going through a, a, a period of time that is breaking through to where we are supposed to be as humans. Mm -hmm. And as with all healing, it's really messy in the middle, right before the breakthrough, you know, like when you think about a wound healing, it's really gnarly before you get to that next step. So my soul knows where we are. And it's still scratchy because I'm living in this of where we are and the day-to-day -day of it can be pretty rough. So I'm just holding a lot of different experiences within my soul right now and mm -hmm. honoring all of them the best I can. Yes. Yeah. You referenced the messy middle, which is, I talk about that all the time and that's, that's, it's just so messy right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> even for those of us who are leading and you know 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 what we're supposed to be doing it is still very very messy of so course. thank you i i agree a scratchy soul is <laughs> <laughs> that could be our, a good headline <laughs> okay so 
The show is called The Brave Yes, which explores the many brave yes leaps women can and must make in order to show up more fully in the world as themselves. And I just wanna thank you in advance for agreeing to share your story here today, because I know every one of these conversations gets a little vulnerable and requires a little courage. So thank you for that. Thank you. So I wanna start as I start all of these stories, these, these brave yes leap stories with the beginning uh, before your brave yes happened. If you, um, and you know, you feel free to say what your brave yes was um, or has been and where did it begin? What was going on for you beforehand? What led up to that moment, that sort of catalytic moment that you are like, this is it, I've, <laughs> I've got to make a change. Yeah, so my brave yes is starting my business. Yes. And there's a lot of brave yeses within that for sure. Um, and, you know, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, gosh, what story did I tell? Because as I recognized, um, I've lived a lot of life for someone who's 49. So I have a lot of brave yeses, including, you know, looking at the breast cancer diagnosis I had a year and a half ago as an opportunity to heal and learn as opposed to something to be afraid of. So I was like, mm, what am I going to talk about? But what feels most relevant is the work because it really is a part of everything I do every day, including healing. Um, so my brave yes is starting my business and really doubling down on what I knew to be true about my topic. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but what was happening before my brave yes is that, um, so I, as you mentioned, I have a master's degree in social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And I was about on year 18 of working with people in some either direct practice, my own practice, um, all kinds of settings like, um, you know, substance abuse, mental health, you name it, I have done it. And what was problematic about those 18 years in these systems is that they did not teach us how to take care of ourselves. The clients came first. Um, the expectations to for billable hours were high. Um, the populations I was working with before I left direct practice were very um, high need folks. You know, there was a methadone clinic. So we had a lot of <clears throat> really challenging people in there every day, right? Um, and not to mention that managing 12 counselors when you're a clinical supervisor in that setting is also very challenging. So I found myself at that 18 year mark so burnt out. Um, and how I knew this was because I was having very odd physical sensations and symptoms where I could not recall words. Um, I was having vision issues. I would fall. Wow. Um, mood swings that were just awful, like crying in the car before going into the clinic, like just bad. And they were working me up for MS, for stroke, like all kinds of things they were working me up for. And they just said, you have atypical migraine symptoms. You're just stressed out. You need to figure out some self-care. And so I thought, well, what does that look like? I, you know, no one here is going to do it for me. Um, and in fact, the system around me expects me to care for others and not for myself. That's not rewarded or even taught. And so at that moment, I recognized I have to, I have to walk away from this and find a new way um, or I'm not going to survive it and I won't be helpful. Uh, and so I walked away from my, my last quote unquote job as a clinical supervisor and took some time for myself to go behind the scenes and work for an insurance company from Mississippi Medicaid to do um, research for kids who needed, you know, medical equipment or, you know, for special needs medical equipment. 
Um, I got to work from home. I got to take some time for myself and it was everything I needed to kind of wrap myself up and give myself time to begin to heal. Um, and during that time frame, I knew that I did not necessarily want to see a therapist because I had been in therapy and as someone who's a therapist, you know, I've done that, but I ended up working with a, a life coach who was trained in a Martha Beck and it changed everything in the way that I saw that we could help people motivate themselves towards their goals and also heal some of those underlying things that are still kind of hanging out there. And after I worked with her, I decided that I wanted to be a coach. And so I had to figure out what came next. And so that's what was happening to me before my big why and my big yes uh, yeah. when it comes to starting this business. Yeah, I think I'm so glad that you mentioned burnout because I think there's so many women who are just suffering through that and not, not you know, they think that's just the way life should be or it's the way it's going to have to be. And I love that you're lifting that up because there are options. I always tell people, because yeah, I work with a lot of burned out women over the years, that it's, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, it, the system is definitely set up for it to be that way, but we can do something about it. And that's exactly what you did. That was pretty brave to just leave that career for, after so long. Did you have a bit of an identity crisis at that point? I think I had moments of it. You know, the first thing is, is that I knew I needed to get out of direct practice. And so I spent some time trying to find the right job, you know, and thankfully my director, my immediate, the director of the clinic and, and, a, and a good friend at that point was so supportive of me leaving. Like I was really leaving her in a really bad spot and never once did she make feel, me feel bad about it. So just shout out to Abby <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, but being in those spaces of, okay, so, you know, to be honest with you as a therapist, we kind of had a raised eyebrow about the coaching industry, particularly life coaching, you know, and mm -hmm. so I didn't know a whole lot about it, but what I had kind of experienced was, I don't know, not always something that I was like, I want to be a coach, you need to be honest. So I had to kind of move through that identity of leaving the therapeutic world and that, that title of therapist and finding my own way into what it meant to learn to, you know, to get a coaching certification and learn about what that meant and that I could straddle those two and feel very okay about it. But I'll be honest, I got a lot of pushback from my therapist friends and I got a lot of raised eyebrow from my new coach friends who didn't appreciate the fact I had this therapy background. So I really kind of, you know, <laughs> was the mutt in the room. <laughs> like it was not, you know, all these, all these different little, you know, experiences and titles had kind of come together and they couldn't figure me out. And so I just <laughs> had to figure out my own way. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so, but your work, so I want to talk a little bit more. So you, you, you mentioned getting, you know, getting a coach, which would be in reaching out and getting support. And then of course that led you on your journey. Did you have any other inner resources that you had to use at that time, you know, to make that choice to leave your career and take that time to heal? I mean, cause that was really brave. Just, just that and alone was a brave yes to just say, I'm going to put my career away and tend to me. I think desperation clouds <laughs> bravery in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think that, first of all, let me just say that, you know, I was able to make that decision because I have a partner who had a steady job and, and career with insurance and all those things. So I want to, I want to say that right now, I want to name yeah. that. Um, so it was brave, but it could have been a lot scarier if I had been in a different circumstance. Um, and the inner support for myself. So 
I've been on such a spiritual journey since I started this business. I'm a very different person than I was then. Then I just knew what was not working for me. And I had an extreme need to survive it. I have a very big, you know, survival, you know, uh, instinct. And I knew that I was not going to, if I didn't change it. And so I think it was that place of, I don't know what comes next, but I know this isn't it and I'm going to move forward. So I think it's that inner determination that, you know, skill set of being a survivor for all these years was what I was resourcing at this point. I look back on it now and I know I had little nudges and little people around me who were supporting me out of the periphery of my eye um, that I didn't recognize them, but it really came from that inner need to survive it and to make that change. Yeah. Um, Had no idea what I was stepping into, but I knew I could not go back. So the only way forward was figure this out and move, keep moving. So what, what, what recent, you mentioned that you're more spiritual now, but what other resources have you developed since you made that brave yes of starting your business? Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned to kind of channel my intuition and to know that the thing that made me a really good therapist and makes me a really good coach is that intuition and that ability to notice patterns and, and help myself to you know, recognize a pattern or something that needs to be healed as well, as well as the other people around me. Um, I have learned to bring in supportive people around me as well. My, my friend group, when I left my direct, you know, my practice as a clinician to what it is now is very, very different. They're very different people. So bringing in people around you who can support you, who are like-minded or at least on a similar path, I think is super helpful as well. Um, And I've also learned that, you know, that inner voice of mine, which I've always felt was very critical and was damning and that I needed to try and shut up and shut down and, you know, felt bad for having it. I recognized and learned that that's actually a resource and that that voice has a lot of wisdom for us if we can take a breath and pause and listen to that critic and say, you know, I'm not going to let you tell me how I need to feel about something, but I know there's something that you want to tell me and, and show me. So I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. So that's, I think another piece of it that I've learned that has been very crucial to this change of this big yes (laughs) and it working out (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because that's scary, (laughs) you know, to jump into a business like that. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of, that is, I don't know, this is my impression of your work. I mean, I've worked with you um, with the Brene Brown Dare to Lead, but I haven't worked with you on your other work. But to me, that what you just said about the inner critic is the work that you're doing, which which is make which makes you an interesting co- coach, business coach, because to me, that's also running the therapy line as much as it is, you know, planning for, you know, your, your greater future, which is the coach line. Mm-hmm. So at what point did this intersection of trauma and your inner critic and business coaching and <laughs> where, where did that all, was there like a moment or was it a slow evolution? I mean, I'm an idea person. So I love, I love to get into people's brains and learn about how these things come to be. I think it was an unveiling. And yeah, you know, I mentioned earlier that there was a lot of brave yeses that happened after that first yes, you know, to, Uh, decide to become a coach to go get a certification in money mindset coaching which was what my certification was then starting a business after that having no experience doing it whatsoever um, and not knowing what I was doing and saying yes to a business coach because I recognized I needed to invest in people to support me in creating offer like I had no idea so um so 
the, re- the way it kind of evolved is I can't help myself. I'm a therapist. I have clinical training. So when I see trauma, I see trauma. It doesn't matter where I'm at, right? Um, so I began to see that a lot of the people I was working with under the money mindset coaching who are business owners that had tried all of the self-help and all of the mindset tricks, that it wasn't working for them. And they had a lot of shame about it. And so I think they were attracted to working with me because I had been a therapist. And so, and their business was worth it to them to kind of look at some of these things that hadn't looked at before. And so I began to see that this was not a money mindset issue. This was a trauma response that was playing out in their money. And so I started to unveil and like unravel that idea of like, well, how does trauma get you know, connected to our money and why would that happen? Um, and so much about their beliefs and their behaviors around money had to do with worth, which was impacted by how they grew up and how they saw themselves and how they were treated. And so that just kind of led me down this you know, road of, of really looking at that, understanding it. Um, I, again, saw for myself and my own business at about two years in that I was recreating some really uh, not empowering patterns of uh, behavior within my own business. And I recognized them to be trauma responses. And so then I started to kind of unravel that of like, well, gosh, how, how, you know, how am I reckon, how am I recreating trauma patterns that I thought I had taken care of years ago in therapy in my business? Well, no one's expecting their trauma to come up in their business. No one looks at their business and says, Hey, this is a relationship that I need to set an intention with and need to nurture in a different way. So again, began to kind of unravel how childhood trauma was playing out for myself and my business, my clients, and then again, took another leap and started calling it childhood trauma instead of burnout, stress, overwhelm, or any of the other things that the coaches I was working with told me to call it instead of trauma. So that next big yes was to say, no, we need to call a thing a thing. This is what it is. People need to understand that this is trauma playing out in their business. And it's, it looks like overwhelm and they probably are overwhelmed, but the root of this is a childhood trauma that needs to be addressed. Um, and also educating that trauma is not what we always think it is. You know? mm-hmm. So it just became this unraveling of this picture around educating on trauma, the fact that it's in your business, that we recreate, recreate trauma patterns within our business. Um, and then I ended up uh, having this research project and I talked to 250 plus more um, entrepreneurs and leaders and small business owners to begin to figure out how the, the trauma patterns were showing up specifically in their businesses. And that is what led me to what I do now is to, uh, t- to do these intensives and this coaching on how to be trauma conscious as entrepreneurs, leaders, and small business owners. So a lot of big yeses along the way, Sean. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you have come home to yourself with uh-huh. what you're doing now? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely do. I, I feel like I was perfectly situated to see this pattern, to have the experience myself as a business owner, And because of all the work that I've done, I don't feel uncomfortable being vulnerable and saying, I just did this gnarly thing in my business. Did you know this was was a thing? Um, So I think that the leadership skills that I had learned over the years, my own work I had done in therapy myself, being a therapist, being a coach, um, all of these things came together in this moment where I, it was very clear to me. And I remember the moment that I said this to myself, I was at some kind of event in Miami, I think. And it was about uh, igniting your power. I don't even remember. But I was there and they had us do a little exercise. And I recognized in that moment, I said, 
your business, like the people I'm working with or who are within the reach of my voice, your business may not succeed because you have a crappy product. You don't have a plan or a strategy. Um, maybe these things, but I will be damned if your business does not succeed. And I work with a lot of women um, and people who identify as, as women. It will not be because you have unresolved trauma in your business. It, not on my watch. It could be something else, but it won't be this. Right. <laughs> and so I just doubled down on it. And I said, this is what we're going to do. And I feel like that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'm just a little, you know, off center enough and always have been in my life to be okay, running out front, having people going, what? <laughs> Trauma and entrepreneurship? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm okay with the criticism. I'm okay with therapists looking at me weird. I'm okay with coaches looking at me weird. And I'm also okay with the fact that it's possible that at some point, someone could decide to call my license into question and cause problems for me because I'm talking about trauma and business. And I'm okay with it because there is no credential for what I do. I'm going to have to create it myself. And that is who I am. So yes. Yeah. I'm, and this is very much in alignment with the work that I'm doing with women is there, you know, sometimes I get, I, sometimes I reach that point in business, you know, I'm a coach as well. And I've been doing this for eight years full time. And sometimes I think, oh, I'm never going to make, I can't make it. It's things are looking bad. I should just get a job. And then I go looking for jobs. I do this. <laughs> this is a pattern, right? It's a pattern for me. I start looking at jobs. You know, I've had, I've had a few pivots in my life. I was a journalist. I worked in politics. Uh, I have a lot of skills, right? But then I look at the jobs and I go, nope, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And I literally can't find anything that fits me, yeah. Sean. The only thing that fits Sean is the business that I have created that works with women. Yeah. And to think, to go back to a nine to five, working for somebody else's dream, literally blows my mind. Like I can't let, <laughs> tell my husband, it can't happen for me. Like I'm unemployable at this point because what we do, what we've created, what you've created, what I've created is something that feels so good on us. Mm -hmm. And I, this is the work that I, I really love to do with women is help them find that, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a business. Mm -hmm. It could be a job that works for them, but it's got to fit like a glove because when you're in it, it feels good. It doesn't feel like work. And that's, that's what I think you're, what you've created is something that just is so you. I love that. Yeah, it does. It is very much me and it pulls from all of my values, you know, and, and, yes. you know, and it, it's very much aligned with the training I did with Brene Brown on the dare to lead processes. And I don't align my brand and align my work with, with many people, but, you know, her work on shame and vulnerability is very aligned with my work. And I, it gives me a, a nice place to teach some skill building and honor her work and, you know, kind of do something a little bit different in my business um, but I don't feel like I'm selling myself out or that, you know, like it doesn't feel like that. I'm like, this is my work. That's her work. And they really do complicate, complement each other. And, you know, it, it feels really good. So it still feels very authentic to me in my business too, to be aligned with her. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't worship, I don't worship people. I mean, I just don't, I'm not one of those people who has like, you know, I'm not a fangirl of anybody, but if there's, you know, there's a few people and Brene Brown is definitely up there 
only because of how authentic and real she is. Yeah. You know, when I'm listening to her podcast out on my walking trail, I laugh out loud at the things she says that I've been thinking. Yeah. That I would have never said out loud, but there she goes. Like she just drops it. <laughs> yeah. So and you know, they real. say don't meet your heroes. Right. And you know, she is who she says she is. Like there's not a whole lot. And it's been very interesting watching her navigate her business, her company, the pandemic and everything less past year. And, you know, we, as a whole, we've had to figure out what comes next for all of us. And there's been, it's not always been what I wanted, or it's not always been what Brene and her team wanted. And it's, it's, you know, there's always been some edges around it. And so it's really interesting to go from kind of, you know, fangirl, cause she's a you know, fellow social worker to seeing what it really means to run a company and a business and have these responsibilities and mess up and circle back, you know, like it's just been really surreal <laughs> watching it all happen. So, yeah, yeah. I know. I was, I was just take such pleasure. And I mean, this is awful to say, but I take just such pleasure in her stories of failure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, she does that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah. so good. Yep. So, um, if there is somebody listening who might be in therapy, cause I have a lot of therapy, um, listeners, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're in another profession and they're feeling that, that sense of burnout that you were experiencing. What advice would you give to them to take a journey like yours, not necessarily to do exactly what you did, but to find themselves home like you have? No one's going to do it for you. So stop waiting. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you just start with a book, I started by reading a Martha Beck book. I didn't jump into coaching right away. You know, I saw her on Oprah. I read a book, you know, honor your journey towards the thing, right? You don't have to make a big sweeping gesture, but it is up to you to start because no one else is going to do that for you. Um, Hire support. If it's a therapist, if you're a therapist and you're burnout, there are other things you can do with your skill set to help you feel more aligned with your business, with your work. There are so many things that you could do. Don't let the insurance companies and the um, governing bodies tell you what your limits are. Please don't do that. I would love to have a lot of you, you know, in this online service arena. Uh, But no one's going to do it for you. Hire support because you cannot read your own label. You need someone to hold space for you, help you see what is possible and help you, you know, figure out that plan because we can get very much into our own head, our own patterns of behavior our inner critic probably takes over. And so we need that support and you deserve that support. Let me just say you need it. You deserve that support to help you find out what's next for you. Even if it's staying in your company, but learning how to set limits and say, this is okay, this is not okay. And if we can't come together here, then I will find another job, you know? So there are so many roads there, but it starts with you. Yeah, it really does. Absolutely. I I work with a lot of clients who are trying to make a career change and, but a lot of the work is what I call thriving in place, right? Like until they, until you can do whatever it is, the next thing is, there is that work of getting through where you are. And I love that you do that. Can I just reflect back some gratitude that you do that? Because so many people want to tell you that the answer is to leap, you know, leave your corporate job and start a business or leave this, you know, do that. There is so much value in learning to thrive where you are, learning to set boundaries, change the expectations. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out, at least you have already practiced all these skills, like with some training wheels a little bit. Um, So that when you do take that leap, if you decide to, you have this rich 
experience and knowledge and support to get there. So I love that. I would love for more people to be able to thrive where they are. Starting yeah. a business is hard. Oh, it's terribly hard. Right. And it's getting harder. It and, is getting harder. And uh, absolutely. And it's not for everybody. So that's mm -hmm. a lot of the, the coaching work that I've been doing is, is it for you? And if it's not for you, what are you going to do about it? And then if they're going to stay, you don't have to stay at the bottom rung, right? And accepting, let's become leaders. Let's disrupt the system that is not working for, you know, in most cases, women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's the women who are really struggling. So, you know, a lot, I'm using the dare to lead model and trying to raise more leaders because I really believe that women need to lean in yeah. and change the system. That's the only way that we're going to see progress is if mm -hmm. we show up and not run away. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, again, the nine to five doesn't work for me, but I'm quirky like you. And I, I just got to, I'm, I am a, I'm a free spirit. <laughs> Don't confine me, but that's not for everybody. Some people really need to be in a system that has structure and, you mm -hmm. know, here's, here's when I start and end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, validating some of the work that I do. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. Hey, you're welcome. So let me fire off the five questions that I ask all of my guests um, and just have fun with it. There's no right or wrong answers here, obviously. So the first question, what does brave yes mean to you? A brave yes for me means a full, feeling it in your body that this is the right thing without having to know what the next steps are, right? It's just having that awareness and that confidence in this moment right now, this feels right to me and I will figure the rest out later. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. There's some trust there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm a big fan of the trust. Yeah. And it is, I mean, that's exactly where the name came from. It was like my own leap into what felt like the abyss. <laughs> like, I don't know what's on the other side. I'm throwing my backpack over and I'll find out when I get there. And that, that's, that's where Brave Yes came from. And so I love that you know, you're channeling the trust there. Okay, next question, which I'm gonna combine into two really. Favorite life adventure you've experienced already and a future life adventure you'd like to experience when the world cooperates. Yeah, so many. Um, so the the my favorite, you know, it goes without saying, honey, I'm so happy we got married and eloped to Vegas. But um, really, <laughs> um, my favorite adventure was going to the south of France with my good friend Patrice and my dear soul sister cousin Michelle to a leadership retreat that was at. Um, Julia Child's home in the south of France. So we got to live in her cottage, cook in her kitchen. And um, while the, the leadership piece of it didn't actually end up being something that we had anticipated, we still had a really good time. We really stretched ourselves. And on that hill in the south of France is where I really understood that there, I am willing to risk my license to do this work and that I'm gonna have to create the credential because there is one. Is that where I let go and that adventure, you know, between, you know, flights and trains, all of it. And, you know, Uber drivers who just decide not to pick you up on the side of the road in the countryside. Like it's just, it was one of the most fun things I've done. And because my uh, dear friends were with me, it did feel like an adventure that we were on. So 
that future adventure again it has to do with travel whenever we're able to able again um I would love to take a trip around the world you know and and just go for it and see all the places that I've always wanted to and make that happen and I would love to make it happen as a benefactor as my business to be the benefactor of that trip that would even give me more excitement Mm. and adventure for my business to be the one that did that for me love that (laughs) yes totally What's a recent book you've read that you, that has either inspired you or you just absolutely loved it? Um, so I just finished, I just sent in my manuscript this morning for mine. So it's the most recent book <laughs> that I read um, and I'm inspired that it's done. Um, you know, I, I think that there's so many to choose from, right? And the one that's standing out for me a lot right now is um, Michelle Obama's book. I think it's called Becoming. Mm-hmm. And it's such a story of bravery and supporting your partner when you're just kind of like, this is, mm, I, I am not, <laughs> you know, like so much of the story is her going, okay, if you need to, I'll support you, but you're going to have to do this. Like you're she crazy. just did not back down. Right. She's like, if you want to do this thing, I'm not impressed by your run for the, you know, presidency. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes who gives a crap? Like, she's like, this is what I need from you. You are still a husband and a father. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I just love that book. It is so inspiring. It's so deep. And like, talk about surviving something. Oh yeah. Uh, Surviving two (laughs) two rounds in the uh, White House. Yes. She survived that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think she, I I can't remember if she came up and for somebody else, but as, as the next question, um, but you know, the funny thing is, is that the whole time I really identified with Barack's character in that book, because I'm always that one, like, you know, how he would get up and he'd get up early and he'd have his, he'd, his quiet time and his, and she just couldn't understand. And I, and I just was like, that's me. Like I, <laughs> there's people with big ideas, right. They're just always needing to cave off. And yeah, she was, she was amazing in that book and she is amazing anyway. I've also worked with politicians, male politicians before. And it's just so funny that to see, to see them put in their place because they are, I mean, they don't come across that way, but their wives are doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's a great book. That's a great book. I haven't read the journal part of that and I I should probably pick that up. I've been wanting to do that. I haven't, I haven't used it. I'll be honest. Oh, you haven't? (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I just do my own thing usually. Okay, last question. Who is someone you admire for their courage and authenticity and why? Yeah, so I think, you know, our previous conversation about Brene Brown, there's so many people like Sonia Renee Taylor, like I just adore her. Yes. Um, Or I think she goes by them, right? They, them. Um, But anyway, Sonia Renee Taylor is badass embodiment. Like I adore her authenticity and vulnerability. and to you know to t- to tap back into Brene, like I I love her authenticity and vulnerability, and I choose her because she really trailblazed this topic for us to be able to have these conversations. Um, the fact that they no longer do the Daring Way certification anymore because um, you know there is schools of thought around therapy, and they're, they're all bringing that her research in now, so they don't have to trailblaze that anymore. It's already incorporating so. She does the work. She stands on her research. She is so real. And I love that she loves to make fun of herself. You know, she's very self-deprecating in a way that is very endearing. 
Um, and she knows how to apologize when she's done something wrong. Like there's just so much realness and authenticity. And she knows how to say, I made a mistake mm-hmm. um, on some things that are very, very important around, you know, race and class and, and within the research and within her books. Like she doesn't walk away from the conflict. She says, vulnerably, tell me what I need to do. Let's talk about this. Let's do better. And I just appreciate that about her. Yeah, absolutely. And she's been a, a really great leader to watch over the last year with the racial uprising. Yeah. So I think her voice has mattered uh, very greatly. So I, she lives her values. She lives and does business based on her values. So yeah, um, I definitely appreciate that. As somebody who is values driven, it's, it's just really nice to have those that we can look up to, <laughs> you know, that are doing it and doing it better. Um, so yeah, I would agree. Of humor. <laughs> yes, because laughter is so good and we really do need to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. It's important. Well, wonderful. I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for being here and sharing. Thank you for having me and let me tell my story in a very different way. Do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, so um, my website is nicole.lewis-keeper.com. Uh, but if you really want to kind of know what's going on more in the moment, follow me on Facebook with Nicole Lewis Keeper Coaching um, or on Instagram, Nicole.LewisKeeper are probably the best places to follow me. Mm-hmm. I also have a Medium profile where I've written a series of articles on trauma and entrepreneurship and what it looks like. Okay, we'll make sure we add all of those links to the show notes and the blog post. So thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Brave Yes. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And I also hope that you are starting to pick up on the subtle and not so subtle inner and outer resources that you need to help you walk your own Brave Yes journey. If you're interested in exploring more resources to help you on your journey, sign up for the Brave Yes newsletter so you are the first to learn about upcoming courses and master classes on finding your purpose, planning out your brave yes, and other ways of being in community with other brave yes leaders and creatives and business owners.